the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we have now begun a new year, and there are already new challenges. If you lived in Northern California, you've been challenged by all of this inclement weather, rainstorms, thunder, lightning, hail, flooding. You may have been challenged financially. You may have been challenged emotionally. Challenges just seem to abound. And there are also challenges that try to keep us from moving forward as we tend to move backward instead. The way we stay in a forward motion, however, is to every day stay in tune with God and Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. Tonight, we bring you part three in our new series in this new year entitled How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. Stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. So, Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? I know you and I both are are just praising God that we can actually talk today. <laughs> with, Amen, with brother. Yes. And struggling and uh, bugs and colds and whatever this is, we just thank God that we're able to be on the air and um, make intelligent sounds come out of our mouths. So. Amen, brother. That is so true. <laughs> By the grace of God, and if uh, people would have heard me uh, uh, a week ago, they would have said, who in the world is that person? That's not Dr. Buckner. <laughs> So by the grace of God that uh, we are here and we're able to communicate and we thank the Lord for that. Amen. And, so, so if we sound a little little bit different, that's why. Yes, amen. Bear with us and pray for us as well. We need your prayers. And uh, that God will also give us strength and make it through this program. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Gary was talking about the floods and storms of life. And, you know, in the midst of it, we have a captain uh, of the planes of life, because we're all on a plane of life. And that plane of life can carry us in many different directions, but we need to depend upon uh, the master tuna uh, to lead us and guide us and keep us in tune with him. <clears throat> and by way of introduction with this uh, series we've been doing, because we come to part three, uh, dealing with how to stay in tune with the master tuna. And I thought that this saying that I'm going to share with you would be appropriate for us as we deal with the new year. 
Uh, this is titled uh, Flight 2023. Flight 2023. Hello, welcome to Flight 2023. We are prepared to take off into the new year. Please make sure your attitude and blessings are secure and locked in upright position. All self-destructive devices should be turned off at this time. All negativity, hurt, discouragement, depression should be put away. Should we lose altitude under pressure during the flight, reach up and pull down a prayer. Prayer will automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers. There will be no baggage allowed on this flight. The captain, God, has cleared us for the takeoff. The designation is greatness in Christ. Happy New Year 2023 flight. How about that? What a word for us. What a word for us as we take off into this new year. I thought Amen. you would be blessed by that and encouraged by that. Now, we're talking about how to stay in tune with a master tuner. How many people have you met in the past, present, that the Lord has warned you to tune that person or persons off or out of your life? We all have been uh, conditioned to tune off certain people that are not Christian, uh, bad company. The Bible talks about, you know, don't hang with bad company because it corrupts good morals. And some people we just have to tune out of our lives. I was talking to a guy one time, he's a Christian, and he was so happy, but he used to be so sad. And I asked him the question, I said, why are you so happy all the time? He said, well, Dr. Buckner, I just tuned out negativity and bad company in my life. And I'm so much more happier and peaceful. So, you know, we are used to tuning in and off certain things in our life. And we do that as well with certain type of music we don't like and things on the Internet we uh, tune off and tune on. And so this message is really appropriate for us for our everyday life. Uh, now, last time I talked about several things we need to do to stay in tune with the master tuner. And let me list those things again. So if you're by a uh, table and you have a pen and paper and you have a Bible, we want to encourage you to get these points down because it will revolutionize your life and, and tune your life up in the right tuning way. We need to, number one, we need to realize that our world around us is out of tune with God. You know, uh, that is so true. When you listen to all the bad things that's going on with religion and politics and, and things with our economy and the border and, uh, and certain leaders, you know, the world is not in tune with God. There's so much corruption and ungodliness and people are not in tune with God and Jesus. And that's one of the reasons why people are going crazy. That's why we have so much madness and demonism, strife, discord that's going on today in our world. So number one, that the world around us is not 
in tune with God. And we need to pray for ourselves in this wicked world. You know, Jesus didn't come to bring peace to the world, but he came to bring peace to every one of us. That's what he said. I didn't come to bring peace to the world, but to you. And this world can drive you crazy if you don't watch it. That's why so many people are losing their minds because they're tuned into everything except for God and Christ and the Bible. Number two, secondly, this gives birth to mankind. My emphasis here with the second point is mankind being out of tune with the master tuner. See, once you get influenced by the world, which Satan is behind, then mankind becomes discombobulated and get out of tune with God. Today in our world, mankind is a mess because as the Bible says in Judges 17 and 6, Judges 17 and 6, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And now that's one of the reasons why people are losing their minds because, and mankind is, because he's doing what is right in his own eyes. And we need to rebuke that. We need to watch out for that and be careful that we don't get deceived by that because that is so true how we can get so easily deceived by the things of this world and be trapped by it and deceived by it and led in the wrong direction. So we need to be careful and be on our guards and we need to pray without ceasing because that's so important every day of our lives. Now, you know, uh, number three, it is necessary for us to uh, remain in a state, we will remain in a state of confusion and delusion and discord, rebellion against the master tuner because the Lord Jesus Christ is the master tuner. So what will happen, number three, if we don't stay in tune with the master tuner, then what will happen is delusions will start to make its way into our lives, into our spirits, and into everything. Man will uh, become delusional, and that's the thing that will happen to us. We'll become delusional. The further we become out of tune with God, we'll become delusional, and we become reprobate, and we see today in our world today, that man has moved and graduated from being delusional to reprobate. You know, Paul talks about this in, uh, in Romans chapter 1, but he talks about that delusional thing in Second uh, Thessalonians, uh, where he talks about and that man, uh, because he has rejected the truth, that he has become delusional because he's rejected the truth of God. Now, you don't want to do that. So what we need to do in order to get back in tune with God, we need to confess our sins. We need to repent from our sins. And we need to submit to Jesus as our Lord and Savior of our lives in obedience. We need to submit to his word in our lives daily. You see, the problem today, why we're not in tune uh, with God, is because we're not in tune with his word. We need to meditate on his word. We need to 
have a transformed mind by his word every day. And we need to be cleansed by his word and empowered by his word. And his word, when we read it every day and we study it every day, it will bring harmony to our lives and peace in our souls. And not only internally, but externally to our bodies too. The major reason that we are out of tune with the master tuner is because we are not letting God's word get through to our souls on a daily basis. That's why you got to study the word of God. A chapter a day keeps the devil away. A verse a day keeps the devil away. If you try to stay in harmony with God, he will give you peace. And uh, in your soul, in your body, and your spirit. And one of our greatest problems today among Christians and non-Christians is that the devil has, I'm bringing this to conclusion now, the devil has got us so busy listening to everything but God and God's word. Uh, if you're not listening to God's word and Jesus, then you will end up being out of tune with God and tuned up with everything else except for God. Let me say this in finishing. Uh, a, I'm going to use an illustration of a small Mississippi community many years ago. A water main busted and shut it off hundreds of homes. The postman noticed what had happened and went to the water department to report the source and the root of the problem. However, there was a big problem in the way of solving that problem. The phones at the water department were so busy every time that he tried to place his call. And that is our problem today with God. We're locked up like the water department. Our lives are so busy with the devil distracting us, the flesh distracting us, the world distracting us, that God's word cannot get through and penetrate in our hearts and our soul to bring us in harmony and peace with God. And therefore, we're out of tune. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner and I repent of not being in tune with you. And I surrender and receive you as Lord of my life that you will be king of my life and I will submit to you daily and be in your word and get your word in me. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, <clears throat> lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. And once again, I'd like to thank all of you who have been so diligently praying for this ministry. You have been consistent over the almost 20 years that we've been on the air and your prayers make a tremendous difference in what goes on here at Contending for the Faith. We know this for a fact. And so we just ask that you continue to pray, 
continue to call our names before the throne of grace, that souls would be touched, lives would be changed, that this broadcast would make a difference in the lives of the listening audience. And we believe God is using it to do just that. We also want to encourage you and thank you as well for your consistent giving. Uh, We just, again, couldn't be here on the air without that component as well. So we need your consistent prayers and we need your consistent generosity. So important. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to uh, go to these phone calls. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how are you doing? Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm blessed. Oh, good. Any questions? Yes, what's on your heart? Okay. At the, at the end of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, we have the Great Commission, which calls everybody to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we get to, when we get to, when we get to Acts, we see that it's changed from being baptized in the name, being baptized in the name of Jesus. What is the difference and what, what's, why, why is there a difference? That's a very good question, Brother Rick, and um, a lot of people get confused upon this and uh, this section uh, of what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 28, as well as what it's talking about in the in the book of Acts. Uh, let me try to bring some clarification to uh, your question, uh, because it's very important, because uh, there are many, uh, you know, Pentecostal groups uh, as well as United uh, Pentecostal. I would say United Pentecostal and Oneness Pentecostal and Jesus only would argue that uh, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, and some will go as far as saying, you know, in order to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues in order to be saved. Now, the scriptures does not teach that. Now, let me say this that when we look at uh, the uh, Matthew 28, when Jesus said, baptize the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the early church continued to do that. And uh, they're not going to contradict what uh, Jesus said, uh, nor the apostles and the disciples. So why is it that they were baptizing in Acts 2 and 38? And then you may want to also look at Uh, Acts 8 and 16, it mentions that again there, and also in uh, Acts chapter, uh, I believe it's 19, and verse 5. So all of these three passages in the book of Acts talks about baptizing in uh, the name of Jesus. So are they contradicting what Jesus said, or 
is there something else behind it? Well, there is a, a meaning behind the name of Jesus. Now, we have to understand the context of the culture and what was going on with the apostles, number one, because they are dealing with Jews, um, excuse me, Jews who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And the Jews were saying that they believe in God and they believe in the Holy Spirit, but they weren't believing in Jesus Christ. So the emphasis of the apostles is to emphasize Jesus. Now, when they emphasize Jesus to the unbelieving Jews, when you look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, by what power or by what name do you do this? Now, it's very important for everyone that's listening to me to get these scriptures down, uh, Acts 4 and 7, because he says, by what power or by what name do you do these things? Now, what the Apostle Peter is, is, is saying in his, in his sermon, the name power and uh, the name, the word power and name is equivalent. So when he talked about the power, the power is referring to authority. And the authority was given in Matthew chapter 28. Uh, because he gave them all authority and said, go forth, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when they saw power, they immediately e e equated that to authority and re related it to Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which Jesus reflected on going back to uh, the, um, the word that is given in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Now, that's, that's another point. Um, a major point with this uh, is Colossians 2 and 9, because when you look at Colossians 2 and 9, it says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in who? In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. So in Christ, you have the Godhead fully. So when they mention the name of Jesus, now this is a very critical point. When they mention the name Jesus, he embodied, make a note of that word embodied. He embodied the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all, not some, but all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when they saw the name of Jesus, they actually saw the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because he represented all three as the one God and three eternal distinct persons. So the issue is not so much the words, but the person. So we get caught up into words, right? But it's the person. The person of Jesus is a reflector of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because it says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, you know. And so when we think about it like that in the context, we have to say, all righty, when we get to Acts 2 and 38, Acts 8 and 16, Acts 19 and 5, and they did it in the name of the Lord, they're doing it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
uh, as the embodiment. Christ is the embodiment of all three distinct persons. So hopefully that gives some insight, more meat to your question, Brother Rick. Basically, what you're saying is that in, 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 in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Right. All these other all these other passages are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He embodies the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So once they when they didn't have no problem with using the name of Jesus to baptize, we're the ones that's confused about it today. They weren't confused about it because they realized that Christ was the embodiment of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why Paul could say in Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. For if that's true, then when they mention the name of Jesus, they'll mention it um, all, uh, all three distinct persons. That's uh, important. Yeah. Be being divisive by trying to create all these other things like one is Pentecostalism. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Everything, everything was always meant to be united. Yep. United, though, as, as one only, not united as three and one. So they don't, they don't think uh, three and one, they think only one. That's the way they operate. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, do you have any uh, special prayer requests before we get to our commercial? Just uh, just pray for a healing of my Parkinson's today. I've had a bad day with the Parkinson's, but I asked for a healing around that. Mm -hmm. Continue mm -hmm. to heal me, continue to strengthen me. And I just want to praise the Lord, praise the Lord that I have a ride for tomorrow. And uh, keep me in prayer on those things. Okay. All righty, Brother Gary, let's pray for my brother. Yes, Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, for his health and healing, particularly in the area of Parkinson's. Lord God, we know, Lord God, he has been dealing with this for quite some time. And we just pray, Lord God, that your healing virtue would flow into his life. We pray that you help him, strengthen him, and encourage him. We pray, Lord God, uh, that you would keep him encouraged, Lord God, and help him, Lord, to be strong in you and in the power of your might. Help him, Lord God, to know that you're with him. Help him to know that you have your loving arms wrapped around him. Help him to know, Lord God, that he has purpose and that you, Lord God, are not done with him yet and that you have much work for Brother Rick to do. We pray, Lord God, that you would bring that your word says that you that good thing you started in him, you're faithful to bring it to completion. And so we stand upon your word today for healing, encouragement, and fullness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call. You. And God bless you and keep you, brother. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Brother Gary. All right, we have about five minutes. We want to uh, deal with Alfred's question off the air. Uh, yes. Uh, what was his question? His question was, are there still apostles and prophets in the church? Wow, that's a very good uh, question. Um, there's a lot of confusion uh, on this subject matter as well, uh, just like the question that Rick had uh, asked um, earlier. 
you know, and uh, we're going to try to take the fusion out of confusion. That's why Contending for the Faith is such a vital ministry. Keep supporting it because we are committed to 1 Peter 3 and 15, giving reasons and answers for our faith that a lot of times you don't even get in some of your own churches. Um, that's why we always emphasize not only answering your questions here, but coming into your churches to do uh, some workshops and seminars to uh, build up the body of Christ. Now, let me just say this, that uh, when we would talk about the, the issue of, uh, are there still apostles and prophets in the church? It depends on what you mean by that, that question. When we talk about uh, uh, apostles and prophets, in the first century, no, not not like the first century. Uh, and why do I say that? It's because the scripture says it, you know, and and we need to be faithful to what the the, the word of God uh, tells us uh, regarding that. Uh, what has happened with the, and Paul talks about this, uh, in his word, in the word of God, that uh, the apostles and um, prophets, uh, the, the church has really been uh, built on the apostles and prophets, uh, past tense. And so uh, you don't rebuild on something that's already been laid. That's the foundation. And he talks about the prophets and, 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 and the apostles, but he doesn't mention evangelists and you know, preachers and pastors, but he mentioned those uh, those two particular offices. Now, also, the office of an a prophet and apostle has ceased. Why has the office of a prophet uh, ceased? Because in the book of he Hebrews chapter 1 and uh, verse 1, it talks about in past times, God spoke to us through the prophets, but in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. So past tense again, he's today, he's spoken to us through his son. Now, let me clarify what I mean by that, that the office of, a, of an apostle and prophet has ceased in the sense that what was an apostle? An apostle was somebody who literally had uh, requirements of being a, an apostle as somebody who had actually seen Christ and had been commissioned by him, by Christ directly. Somebody says, well, what about Paul? Well, Paul became an apostle because he had seen Christ on the road of Damascus uh, when he looked up into the heavens and, and then God commissioned him to do a work. So he was chosen as an apostle. You don't have anybody that directly have seen Christ like they did and his voice speaking directly to them when they see him. That was the qualification of an apostle. Uh, the prophets were people that uh, when they spoke uh, in biblical times, they were 100% accurate. Now, let me make this clarification too. The office of an apostle and prophet has ceased but not the um, epistolic gift or the prophetic gift uh, of prophecy has ceased. In other words, uh, an apostle 
today can be used in the sense of someone uniquely sent, but not the office. They can be uniquely sent by God to be a missionary uh, or something like that, a foreign missionary. Or uh, someone can have the prophetic gift of prophecy, like it says in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, talks about the gift of prophecy. So you notice what I'm saying? I'm making a distinction between the office, and I would teach my students this as a seminary professor, the office of an apostle and prophet has ceased, but not the apostolic gift or prophetic gift of prophecy. And on that note, Doctor, we better take a commercial break. We'll yeah, let let's you caught we'll okay. up on the other that's side. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. Well, it is time for us to take that break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Uh, One of the things we want to encourage you to think about, and Dr. Buckner mentioned it in the uh, last segment, that he is available to uh, come to your church, to do seminars, uh, to do workshops, all of these things will just enhance your church's ministry. They will be a benefit to your church community. Because one of the biggest problems that the Christian church faces today is biblical illiteracy. We often uh, don't know what we believe or why we believe it. And so it's very important for us to, to become um, knowledgeable when it comes to God's word, when it comes to the the fundamentals the, uh, of, of the Christian faith. And Dr. the essentials are, are so, so critical. It's, and sad to say so many churches are not strong on the essentials. They don't know how to give a definition for the Trinity. They're not strong on uh, the mainline teachings of the Christian church. And therefore, when Christians are confronted by cultists or any kind of aberration uh, and, and false teaching, they fall into it because they don't know the truth. They're out of tune with the master tuner, shall we say. So we want to encourage you. Uh, Dr. Buckner has tons of information on all kinds of topics uh, that will bless your church, bless your community. And I would encourage you, because many, many churches in the, in the Bay Area and, and beyond have had him come and, and do these seminars. And it's just a, an amazing time. People are blessed. Uh, he's always... Um, asked to come back. It's just a great thing. And so we want to encourage you, if this is something your church is interested in, you can give him a call at area code 415-721-1778. Again, that number is area code 415-721-1778. And uh, I just want to encourage you, take advantage of Dr. Buckner's many, many years of training and uh, expertise in the area of, of Christian apologetics and in the church in general. So you won't want to uh, miss out on having him come. And the other thing is, we just want to encourage you that uh, to keep praying for contending for the faith and be consistent in your giving. There's two ways that you can give. 
can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, uh, you were just uh, giving us uh, some more details on Alfred's question. Oh, yes. And speaking of what you were just sharing is that uh, I will be doing a big uh, conference uh, the third uh, Sunday, third weekend of uh, March at the Refuge Church. Uh, They generally have me come in once a year. Uh, The pastor there is uh, Pastor Steve is one of my students, former students. And so I'll be doing a conference there. We'll let people know. I'll be speaking on Friday evening and uh, Saturday morning and speaking at the Sunday service. So we'll keep you guys posted on that, and we'll be really promoting it, uh, you know, beginning of next month. So we'll be in prayer around that. I just want to sum up what I was saying to um, Alfred about uh, this position of the apostles and prophets. I said quite a bit about it. But the scripture that I was talking about, that Paul was talking about uh, the apostles and prophets and uh, is found in Ephesians uh, 2 and verse 20, where it talks about, and are built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so uh, what the apostle Paul is saying to the church and to us that um, we have been built uh, on the apostles and the prophets and are built, that's uh, past tense, and you don't rebuild something that's already been built or you'll tear up the foundation. So we are built on the apostles and prophets, uh, and that's the foundation. And when you call yourself an apostle or prophet today, you have tore up the foundation uh, that has already been laid, and that's a grave sin. You know, we have some people that have what they call the apostolic church, and when they call it that, they're talking about they got prophets in there. We got to be very careful. We got to be very careful uh, that we don't fall into leading ourselves astray and others too. And so the question that Alfred has uh, brought tonight uh, is a great question. We appreciate his question, and we trust that uh, he got blessed by the answer as well. So, Brother Gary, uh, who do we have? Sophia next? Yep, we have Sophia. Hopefully she's still there. Are you there, Sophia? Oh, of course. I tell you, I have been so blessed by this uh, tonight's program because, first of all, this series about uh, being in tune was always fabulous. Your word was so fabulous, Dr. Buckner. The question tonight, unbelievable. Precious Rick's question, Alfred's question. So I have really, I'm in heaven. I have learned, well, not yet, but I have learned a lot. It's been fabulous. What I want to say, as a little follow-up to last time I called about sanctification, but if you don't mind, Brother Gary, I kind of want to put you on the spot. And That's then, okay. Uh-oh. The second half. My wife does that all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, then, this but is I a hate to ask you both to call <laughs> after the program, but don't talk anymore. 
Now, <laughs> the other thing is that, you know, I also have, the part two we may not get to, but you know how everybody always says, um, oh, I remember June 4th, you know, I went back home or I was in church or June 4th, 1997, mm. I was saved. Yeah, I don't I, have that exact date in my you mind. Know, I, but you I want to ask Brother... Be careful. <laughs> be careful, okay? I know a lot of people, um, you know, can quote you time and date of their conversion. But there are others who can't. You know, my wife is saved. She's been saved for almost as long as I have. But she didn't have this massive conversion event. Uh, she kind of watched me. And, and next thing you know, she was right there with me. She can't tell you a, a date or a time exactly when the Lord, uh, you know, when she accepted the Lord, it just happened. One day she was there. And it's okay. You don't have to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, to be able to quote a specific date and time or or feel like you're not, are you truly saved because you can't? No, that's not the case at all. So you're, you're doing fine. The, ev- the question is, is there enough evidence if you, in a court of law uh, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? And I would say yes, <laughs> definitely. But um, may I ask another question? Yes. Well, Brother Gary, last week you in, you said that you when you first came to the Lord and Dr. Buckner helped you, it was mm-hmm. kind of difficult at first. So I really want to know what was it specifically that kind of finally brought you around? You said there was a little... Well, you know, you know, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, second grade through high school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> and so when I got out of high school, it was basically, you know, what I'm, I'm so done. I'm going to run my life the way I want to run it, and basically mm-hmm. ran it into the ground. And <laughs> so, you know, one day I recognized that. Um, I couldn't fix my life. I, I, I made such a mess of things. And that the only thing I could think of was to go over to the Catholic Church and give it all to, to God. And before, you know, he, before I could get out of the chair, God met me um, right there in my office at that time and um, saved me. I, I didn't know anything about being born again. I came from a Catholic background, right? So I knew something changed in me. I knew in that moment, something changed, and that's how um, it happened to me that way. But as I began to grow in my faith, <clears throat> I was still going to Catholic Church. And there were still things, I, you know, as, as a baby Christian and not knowing a lot of things, I thought, oh, well, I shouldn't have any more bad thoughts because I, I, I believe in God now, right? <laughs> but uh-huh. the bad thoughts were still there, right? That old nature was still there. And so it was very troubling, um, and you begin to doubt and question. And so at that time, I was attending Bible study with Dr. Buckner and uh, told him about it. He took me to uh, Romans, where Paul says, you know, that thing that I hate, this I do, right? There is a war going on within me. And and that's when the light bulb came on. It's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Because Paul had the same struggles. We all, as Human beings still have to carry this flesh around, unfortunately, even though we are being sanctified. One day we will be glorified and we won't have to deal with this body, this corrupted body anymore. We will put on incorruptible 
body. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we won't have those negative desires, those sinful desires, those temptations of the flesh, all of those things that plague us, all of those things. You know, somebody cuts you off when you're driving and you want to get even right away, right? You see red. All of those things will be gone, you know. But until then, God gives us grace along the way. He knows. He knows. But his, his shed blood covers all of our sins. Sins of the world, past, present, and future. He's, it's covered. So we don't have to worry about, you know, that stuff. We don't, we don't practice sin, right? That's not who we are anymore. But from time to time, we slip, we stumble. But First John 1 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we get up. You fall down, get up, right? Scripture says there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So we got to stand on the word. The enemy will come and try to guilt trip you. He, he'll do that all the time. You make a mistake, you blow it, whatever. He's like, yeah, what kind of Christian are you? God's not going to like you anymore. Yeah, 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 right? He's a liar, right? God loves you. He will, there's nothing that can separate us from his love. Jesus took care of the sin problem at the cross. So hopefully that answers your question. And let me add to that as well. Yeah. You, you answered it very well. You know, some uh, Christian people... Um, they want to lay a guilt trip on a lot of other Christians, not only when it comes to, you know, spiritual gifts, you, you know, I speak in tongues, you don't, and you know, it's lacking in your life. And then they transfer that over to the day, the time, the moment, the second when the conversion happened. And, you know, and the issue is with the Lord, and you might want to make a note of this, the issue with the Lord is not, and this is the war between the D's, it's not the date, but it's it's not being touched by the date, but being touched by the divine, that the divine has touched you. And that's the most important thing, because when you stand before God, and I do, he's not going to, uh, you know, test you and judge you upon the date, the time, the moment you got saved. He's going to judge you upon, you know, your personal relationship with him, as well as your obedience to him. Those are the most important things. Are you exercising using your time, talent, and treasure for his glory? No, no. When we even think about the birth of Christ, even though we celebrate it uh, on December the 25th, uh, his we don't know when he was born, actually. And so... You know, it's more than likely it was more towards the summer, uh, the spring, the summer, because the shepherds never did bring their sheep out in the winter time. It was always near the summer because the, the sheep would have frozen to death. So, you know, it's not, you know, the date, being touched by the date, but the divine. And it's not the when, when but that. Always remember, not the when, when it happened. But that it happened. The same way with Christ. You know, people argue over, I believe it was the 25th, and others say, I believe it was this day. We don't know when it was, because maybe if we knew the exact date, we would probably become legalistic and make a, you know, make a, uh, become idolatrous to us. So remember, not the when, but that. And not the date, 
but the divine touch you. And that's the most important thing. Hopefully we've said some things to encourage you on this and because it's the personal relationship with God that's you want to stand before him on, not all of the dramaticism and all of that stuff. You know, that's very important for you. Well, God bless you, and that was fabulous. I'm very, very relieved, and I just I, I can't thank you enough because I, I've said it before how much Contending Quarter Face means to me, and it just it deepens every time I, I hear you both. So thank you so much. You're good. All right. God bless you. All right. Well, please keep us in your prayers until the next week at this time. We once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.